Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lanz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapters 6 and 7 called Job's Tough Questions. Is it wrong for you and I to ask some tough questions as Christians? Have you ever been in a season of life where you're really trying to figure out what God is doing, and maybe you've had some of those evenings, maybe after a Bible study, maybe, maybe with some friends, maybe you, you have a good friend who's become a Christian, and maybe they're at a similar place in their journey as you are. Maybe you can reflect back to some nights when you maybe were at a retreat or you were by a fireside and you began to talk about God and it got real. And it's kind of cool when we get real about life and when we get real about our faith and our struggles. Uh, I remember uh, back at a retreat a couple years ago where a young man approached me and he said, you know, I'm feeling called to the ministry, but I've got this stuff. And it was just real and raw. And we talked for a couple hours, and it was neat just to be able to say, hey, none of us have all the answers, and we're all on a journey. And the book of Job was written, I think, for people like us to be able to realize that problems in life, difficulty, tough questions come to all of us no matter how righteous you've been, no matter how hard you're trying to walk with the Lord. When we're introduced to Job in the book of Job, It is God who brags on Job. Have you considered my servant? Hear that, my servant Job. He's a blameless and upright man. He turns away from evil. He does good. He fears the Lord. He shuns evil. There's nobody like him. God was the one that initiated that, and then Satan responded, well, does he serve you for no reason? It's because you put a hedge about him. It's because you blessed him. And off and running, we go into the book of Job. By the end of chapter 2, Job's life is an utter disaster. He has lost virtually everything. He's on the ash heap outside the city with boils from the bottom of his feet to the top of his head, and he's scraping the boils, the pus, with a piece of broken clay, and his friends finally arrive, and they, when they look at him, they can do nothing but cry. He's a, a shell of a man that he used to be. And they're silent for seven days, right? Nobody even talks. And then Job breaks the silence in Job 3 with his sad soliloquy, as we we put it. And Job begins to curse the day of his conception, the night of his birth. He wishes it was wiped off the calendar, and he just lays it all out there. I wish I never were born. And his three friends are like, don't say things like that. Stop it. Eliphaz is the first to give a speech, and that's recorded in chapters 4 and 5. And the speech sounds good, and there's some truth in it. Remember, if you were with us, there's some some neat stuff, some real uh, spiritual truth in there, but Eliphaz missed the mark. Because essentially what Eliphaz was saying is that, Job, there must be something that you've done wrong that you need to repent of for all of this to go away. Obviously, there's some sort of sin in your life that has caused this. And in Job's grief, 
in chapter 6 and 7, he's going to respond to Eliphaz's speech with a series of tough, tough questions. In fact, this is the first of eight speeches from Job in the book. The first responding to Eliphaz, who was strongly implying that Job needed to repent and return to God. But Job hadn't really gone anywhere. Job was a true worshiper of God, and he will remain so through the whole book, despite the fact that he asks tough questions and has some doubts and struggles with who he is before God. And I just want to tell you, if you are in a season like that right now where you're asking some tough questions like, do I believe this because I believe this or because my parents took me to church? I believe that every Christian has to wrestle with tough questions. Like, why do I believe certain theological truths? Is it because my favorite pastor holds that position? Or is it because I've really wrestled with the three or four or five major positions on that particular doctrine? Now, we're all at different places and we have exposure to different you know, amounts of information at different times. But struggling with your faith and digging out truth and wrestling with questions before God is not a bad thing. And it doesn't mean that you've abandoned your faith because you're asking hard questions. I believe the Bible can stand up to our hard questions, don't you? The book of Job would not be in your Bible if it was written by man to try to avoid tough questions. Because this book, at the very root of it, is tough. Why did God initiate this with Satan to begin with? Why didn't he just leave Job alone? Because if he left Job alone, then you couldn't read Job after you lost your Job job. (laughs) Or if your family's going through something, look, I know a lot of you have kind of acknowledge the book of Job is in the Bible and I will read it when the crisis comes. (laughs) Some of you have stayed away from the book of Job like, ooh, it might be bad. But the book of Job is there to tell you that life doesn't always make sense. Eliphaz has deduced or more appropriately assumed in his religiously systematized approach that sin is the problem and repentance is the cure. But in Job's situation, that is not the case. Job is not going through what he's going through because he sinned. And in life, sometimes we're going through what we're going through because we sinned, and sometimes it's not because we sinned. It could be that we're under some spiritual attack. Or it could be that this is just the result of living in a fallen world. And Job is going to ask some deep questions. This is something we need to come to terms with. Personal sin is not always at the root of suffering and asking tough questions and even having some doubts does not mean you've abandoned your faith. In fact, as Shane mentioned earlier, it is times like these, probably like no other, that can push us deeper and cause us ultimately to lean in stronger. See, Job's witness is not just before his uh, remaining servants who are still alive or his friends who have shown up. Job's witness is actually a witness even to the angels 
and one specific angel who does not believe that anybody will just worship God for who he is. See, that's what Satan was saying. He'll worship you because you bless him, because you've prospered him, but the moment you take it away, he'll curse you to your face. That's what Satan thinks. Perhaps that's what all the fallen angels think. If you were here on Sunday, I mentioned to you that modesty has to happen as we made the we dug out the spirit of the text in 1 Corinthians 11 when we talked about uh, that difficult passage. It says, the woman is to be covered, and we essentially said that's about modesty. Remember this, because of the angels. And I said to you guys who were here on Sunday, you know, when you come into a corporate worship service on a Sunday, do you consider that our corporate worship may be bigger than you might think or imagine that there may be realms in the spirit world that are somehow witnessing what is going on with us and obviously satan had some knowledge of job's life you can write down if you want more on this ephesians 3 8 through 10 and 1 corinthians eleven ten. job is a true worshiper searching for answers we're all going to end up there at some point the only way you can find true answers, are you ready? Buckle your seatbelt, is to ask tough questions. That's the only way you're going to find true answers. Some of you have been wrestling with free will and the sovereignty of God. And you're like, whoa, okay, we have free will, but God is sovereign. Election, free will, election, free will. How do you make sense of that? Somebody said it's like two pillars that go up into the sky, election and free will, and somewhere God puts the roof on it. But we all got to wrestle with it, right? We all have to ask some questions about what's going on with that. We all have to ask questions about where wisdom can be found. In Job 28, he says of wisdom, God understands its way. He knows its place. For he looks to the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens when he imparted weight to the wind and meted out the waters by measure. God understands the way of wisdom. If you want wisdom, if you want true wisdom, you've got to know God. And you've got to know his word. Job is going to eventually come out of this trial as pure gold. But he's going to go through deep testing. His speeches, says one writer, are rich, but they're often pathetic and poignant. I could add they are ragged at times, but they are deep and rich. They are filled with doubt, and yet deeply, Job is deeply right with God, as we will see at the end of the book. Job is right with God. Oh, yes, he doesn't know everything, and he's going to say at the end of the book, I heard about you with my ears, but now I see you with my eyes. You see, the journey did deepen Job. And no, I can't explain to you why the loss and all that happened. But Job does find his answers in the face of God, and so will you. And the only way that you can find your answers in the face of God is to seek his face. And have you noticed that the times that you will seek God's face the most is usually when you're in the most trouble right? 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Pastor Michael Lance has invited you to celebrate Easter at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Early risers can come to the first service at 6 a.m. Just bring a chair and a blanket, maybe a carafe of coffee or whatever you need, and we'll be celebrating the Lord early in the morning as the sun comes up. Make sure you and the family are hungry. On that morning, we're also having a breakfast, and it will support an amazing ministry called Royal Family Kids Camp. We're going to have pancakes following the sunrise service and before the 10 a.m. normal. That 10 a.m. service will have indoor and outdoor seating. Now, if you haven't been to church in like a year, and remember the shutdowns really came into effect around Easter time last year, it was strange not to be together with the church last Easter. That's not going to happen this year. We're going to be with the saints of God, man. And if you haven't been to church for a while, what a great time to come back. Visit Living Truth Christian Fellowship on Easter Sunday at 6 a.m. or 10 a.m. The address is 1009 Arsenal Way in Corona. Download the Living Truth app for more information or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's the Living Truth app or call 844-48-TRUTH. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walkin' Truth. Job is going to eventually come out of this trial as pure gold, but he's going to go through deep testing. His speeches, says one writer, are rich, but they're often pathetic and poignant. I could add they are ragged at times, but they are deep and rich. They are filled with doubt, and yet deeply, Job is deeply right with God, as we will see at the end of the book. Job is right with God. Oh, yes, he doesn't know everything. And he's going to say at the end of the book, I heard about you with my ears, but now I see you with my eyes. You see, the journey did deepen Job. And no, I can't explain to you why the loss and all that happened. But Job does find his answers in the face of God, and so will you. And the only way that you can find your answers in the face of God is to seek his face. And have you noticed that the times that you will seek God's face the most is usually when you're in the most trouble, right? It's when you're in the valley. It's when you can't make sense of everything and you don't got it. And you think you have this one and you figure out you don't have it. And then you're forced to cry out to God. And so Job Answered, he responded, Job 6, 1, to Eliphaz's speech. And here's what he says, exclamation. He cries out, oh, verse 2, Job 6, oh, that my grief were actually weighed and laid in the balances together with my calamity. For then it would be heavier, my calamity here, my grief, it would be heavier than the sand of the seas. Therefore, my words have been rash. Oh, that my vexation could be weighed and my misfortune put on a scale. Have you ever uh, not weighed yourself for a while 
Maybe it's Thanksgiving or Christmas time and Christmas cookies were coming. Christmas cookie, Christmas cookie. And then you said, tomorrow. These are my famous words. Tomorrow, I'll start my diet tomorrow. And then you go into the office on a Monday morning. And they say, hey, it's, uh, it's, it's brother so-and-so's birthday. They got the chocolate cake. And you're like, we're starting the diet tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow. There's always tomorrow. It's only two pounds away. And then finally you do it. Dun, da, da, da. You step on the scale. <laughs> Ding, things, bells and whistles are going off. Now <laughs> you feel bad for the hockey goalie when they score and that red light goes off. It's a lonely job, man. And the scale, have you ever looked at the scale and said, there's something wrong with this thing? <laughs> it's, it's broken. I'm going to test it against the one at the doctor's office. And then the doctor's office, you're a pound heavier than the one at, <laughs> at home. <laughs> oh, no. The truth shall set you free. Anyway. Now, all of that to say that Joe <laughs> was saying, I wish my anxiety, my vexation, my grief could be weighed. Get this. He said, if, it, if there was a machine to weigh human grief, my grief would outweigh the sands of the seas. Now, when we look at people, let's face it, sometimes we interact with some people and we think that some people overdo it with what they're going through. So if you know somebody that maybe overdoes it a little bit, sometimes, you know, you're like, okay, you know, take it easy now. Is it really that bad? And if there's somebody that is constantly whining about stuff and you've come to know them pretty well, then okay, chill out, calm down. But some humans overplay their pain, let's face it. And then others, what do they do? They downplay it, right? There's a lot of people that, you know, you, you see them, if you haven't seen him in two months, you go, where have you been? Oh, I, I just had surgery. <laughs> like, what? You know, I didn't tell anybody. My wife doesn't even know. <laughs> like, what's going on with you? They downplay it. Now, imagine if you're one of Job's friends and you arrived and you look at his boils and, and you hear the calamity and you look at the man. But as another human being, let's face it, if I've never been through that before, let's say I've never experienced something like Job's either losses or physical ailments that he's going through at this moment. Do I really know what he's going through? It's easy for me to interact with somebody, have sympathy for them, and go home, but I'm not in their pain. What if there was a machine invented where you could actually weigh the depth of somebody's pain and you could see it? See, as a human being, I can't see that. I can, I can sympathize with it. If I've gone through it personally, then I can feel that a little bit more. But if it's not my pain, then I can easily downplay it. I can quote a couple scriptures. I'll be praying for you, brother, sister, and go on my merry way. But that person is still in their pain. Have you ever visited somebody in the hospital and you pray for them and you have a heart of compassion for them, and you walk out with this deep sense like, I'm walking out of here to go to do whatever I'm going to do, but that person 
is still dealing with that situation. And, you know, Job is implying here that you guys don't understand my pain. You see, we fall woefully short in understanding people's pain. And the incredible thing about our God is that he invites us to give him our burdens. He says, cast all your care to me because I what? I care for you. We're told in Galatians 6 that we're to bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ, which is the law of love. And so in verse 4, he says, for the arrows of the Almighty, that's Shaddai, are within me. They're poison. Notice that Job is saying that God is the source of his pain. The arrows of the Almighty are within me, or they've hit me, if you will. They're poison. So something like a poison tip on an arrow here. My spirit drinks. The terrors of God are arrayed against me. Job has pinpointed the source of his pain as God. Is he right? Well, Satan did carry out the deed, right? Satan did ask to get at Job, and then God said, you can, you can get at him, but you can't take his life. But ultimately, who allowed Satan to have his way? God did. So I don't know how, I won't stay here long, but I'll just tell you that Job has certainly sensed this correctly, that God has allowed all of this stuff to come into his life. In Psalm 7, verses 10 through 13, it says, My shield is with God who saves the upright in heart. God is a righteous judge and a God who is in indignation every day. If man does not repent, he will sharpen his sword. He has bent his bow and made it ready. He has also prepared himself deadly weapons. He makes his arrows fiery shafts. Now, for those of you who have studied the armor of God, you know that we have a shield of faith with which we can extinguish all the fiery arrows of the evil one. But what if the arrows are coming from God? You've been listening to Job's Tough Questions, Part 1 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapters 6 and 7. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, the Living Truth app is a great way to stay up to date with what we're doing here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, Bible studies, family events, and of course, worship services. If you're out of the area, the LT app has a lot for you too. You can watch and listen to Pastor Michael's latest teachings. Download the Living Truth app in your app store. The Living Truth app is the one with the red logo and the pillars. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, is it okay to ask tough questions? Of course it is. You know, a lot of the Psalms ask tough questions. The book of Job is filled with tough questions. Jesus from the cross said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So I don't think that tough questions are out of bounds. And maybe this is a question, maybe this is something you've been feeling. Like, man, I have lost so much. I feel angry towards God. Well, you know what? That's a natural human emotion. And while I wouldn't tell you to stay there, that may just be how you feel at the moment because you've lost. 
you know, and, and Job said earlier in the book, the Lord has given, the Lord has taken away, blessed be the name of the Lord. But then Job got to some really dark, low places, which just shows us that he was human, just like us. And the Holy Spirit had a reason to put this stuff in the Bible, folks, because in a fallen world, we're going to go through some stuff. We're going to go through loss and question marks are going to be like fish hooks sometimes in our hearts. What do we do? I think we read our Bibles. We say sometimes, Lord, why? Why so downcast, O my soul? Why am I going through this? And then, like in many of the Psalms, we find light. As we seek the Lord, we find hope. We find that we're not alone. Now, we're uh, moving into a Passover week, and we're going to have a wonderful time as we seek the Lord Wednesday at 7 p.m., that's going to be a special midweek service leading into Good Friday, and then, of course, a Resurrection Sunday morning. If you'd like to join us for our midweek service, 7 o'clock, 1009 Arsenal Way in the city of Corona. We're right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. And if you can't make it, we do live stream the service on our YouTube channel. Just go to walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. And you can get to the YouTube channel and find out a lot of other information about the local church and the radio ministry and catch up on messages that are there as well. Thank you for your support of this program. All of our partners, we love you. Those of you who have been thinking about partnering with us, we appreciate it. Please pray for us. We want to get the gospel out as, to as many people as we can. We're glad you're listening. Tell a friend about what you're hearing. We'll see you, Lord willing, right here tomorrow. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapters 6 and 7 called Job's Tough Questions. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.